Under the Tartan Sky, Episode 34, produced 29 January 2017. Loch Ness. It is an iconic symbol of Scotland. The mere mention of its name brings a hushed reverence and excitement and curiosity based on the legend of a waterborne beastie named Nessie. But today, Loch Ness is also home to an exciting new product of Scotland, Loch Ness Water, a premium bottled water product that was years in the making, as we're about to learn here under the Tartan Sky. History, heritage, archaeology. In 2017, Scotland invites you to peer into the mists. Scotland's history is a long and rich one, filled with stories of legends and myths. Its heritage can be found in fields of standing stones and the ruins of castles that once were clan strongholds. Through the science of archaeology, new discoveries of ruins and artefacts are continuously being made but often reveal tantalising new clues to stories yet untold. In 2017, more than 50 events are planned to build around nine major festivals, as Scotland invites visitors and locals alike to come face to face with the past. Great legends have been made throughout Scotland's history. What story will you write when you visit Scotland in the year of history, heritage and archaeology? The sound of water lapping against the shoreline is all too common in Scotland. Indeed, Scotland might be called a land of lochs. The word loch is Scots Gaelic for lake or fjord. It's been estimated there are over 31,000 lochs and lochens, large and small enclosed bodies of water in Scotland. Largest of these by water volume is Loch Ness, and only Loch Lomond, famous for its bonny bonny banks, is larger in land volume at 27 square miles to Loch Ness's 22. Loch Ness is also second deepest and is famous not in song, but in legend. The legend, of course, of the Loch Ness monster, lovingly known as Nessie. Loch Ness was created in the last ice age, around 10,000 years ago. It contains more water than all of the lakes in England and Wales combined. That water, however, is very murky. Visibility in the loch is extremely low because of the high peat content in the surrounding soil. So it may come as something of a surprise that Loch Ness is now the source of a new premium bottled water, Loch Ness Water. Founded in late 2015, Loch Ness Water is not a mass-produced, plastic-bottled supermarket shelf drink. It is instead a premium product, targeting the tourist industry, the whiskey industry, and high-end restaurants and hotels. It is currently offered in both still and sparkling, and in both 100 and 350 mil sizes. The company logo? What else? 
a stylized Nessie. To learn more about this new product of Scotland, I sat down for a chat with CEO John Oag and asked what inspired the idea of Loch Ness as the source of a bottled water product. The, the easy reason was um, just because bottled water, as we now know, has become a huge product throughout the world. And Loch Ness just, just seems so obvious because it's such an iconic uh, volume of water that's known worldwide. So making it into drinkable water just seemed like the easiest and sort of most sensible thing to do for going forward. Well, when we think of bottled water, certainly here in the States, you know, it's generally spring water. Or there's a great deal made about, you know, what the source of the water is. Um, and, and I guess it begs the question, there are so many locks in Scotland and Loch yeah. Ness is so obvious and so known worldwide. Why did no one else ever have this idea? It's funny, once we launched the product a year and a half ago, all of a sudden, all Indonesians have now come forward saying that they thought of the idea, but never actually got around to doing it. <laughs> but nobody had done it. I'd talked about it myself for over 10 years, and then just decided um, four years ago to just go ahead and do it. Is there anything special about, I mean, obviously there's the marketing aspect of Loch Ness Water and, and Loch Ness being known worldwide. But is there something special that drew you to Loch Ness as the source of your water? Um, well, Loch Ness has been, in my life, uh, well, my whole life, sorry, my grandfather built the Clans Mattel uh, on the shores of Loch Ness in 1958. Um, we used to drive down Loch Ness side religiously for 18 years to see my great-grandparents in Fort William. So I've always seen Loch Ness, and it's always been a connection uh, to my life. Um, and just because of the mystery of Nessie um, and the endless supply of water in the loch, again, it just seemed a sensible thing to go and do. Does the fact that the water is drawn from Loch Ness versus from the springs or from the ground or, or some other source, does that in any way add any special qualities, mineral content, pH, taste, etc.? Uh, that makes Loch Ness water different other than its its source? What makes it different to mineral and spring water is because of the process we do, it's uh, filtered through our filtration system, which more or less makes it pure water because um, we have to take all the, the badness out of the, the water from the loch. Uh, and then when the, when the water has been uh, filtrated, it then makes it really fresh and crisp um, and again, sometimes weather dependent, there is just the, the tiniest hint of sort of peat in the water. Not greatly, and it's not hugely, but sometimes you can get just the slightest uh, taste of peat in the water. Loch Ness is well known that the loch itself is quite murky. Every documentary I've ever seen about you know finding Nessie talks about uh, when divers are under underwater and that they just can barely see their hands in front of their face. Does that add a special difficulty to your production process? Uh, I think you, perhaps you have to go through some special steps that perhaps water from another source wouldn't require? All it's done is we had to work for about a year uh, to find the right filters to help take the colouring out of the water. Um, when we extract the water, um, the equipment we use, we have filters on them as well to try and help prevent the 
the algae and the peat and everything that floats below the surface going through the, the, the pump when we initially extract the water. So we have four or five filters while we extract the water and then it goes through a further uh, six filters when we're processing uh, the water before we actually put it into the bottles. And is there a special spot at the lock where you withdraw the water or do you just drop a, a bucket in anywhere? Yes, I've got uh, three main extraction points that I use. What we do is we have to, we, we grind so far, um, we then extract the water using a submersible pump. Which then in turn pumps the uh, water into a thousand litre IBC tank which once it's full, we then take it away and we take it to the bottling plant to start the filtration uh, process. And how long does that filtration process take? Um, depends. We can, well, when we extract the water, we have a maximum of 24 hours to use the water that we extract. So we did a extraction on Tuesday this week, uh, which we started at 10 in the morning, and we finally finished the full process at 1.30 on Wednesday morning. So we could use the full 1,000 litres. And, and is that what you typically, the, the quantity you typically withdraw is 1,000 litres at a time? Uh, yes, um, at the moment. But because demand is now starting to increase, um, we've started taking two to 3,000 litres uh, the last few extractions we did as well. Okay. Well, you know, they say in Scotland that today's rain is tomorrow's whiskey. Um, but um, obviously, today's rain for you is bottled water. How big is that industry and how competitive is it in the, the, the scheme of Scotland food and drink as far as the, the national industry there? Yes, it's very competitive. And one of the, the things I made when I first moved into this was not to compete in this market. We were trying to keep our water more as a premium bottle water. Um, I'm not going to move into the plastic bottle uh, market at all because we just couldn't compete with that. Um, the product's different from all the other mineral spring waters. And again, because it's Loch Ness and it's the first time this has ever been achieved, I like to keep it more as a premium bottle rather than the sort of mass-produced ones that are in all the supermarkets and stores. Well, I know one of the things that you did in terms of marketing the product, uh, I was reading where last year, I believe it was 2015, uh, or I guess 16 now, you were the official water supplier to the Global Whiskies and Spirits Summit and had to transport just a bunch of water down to uh, London for that. And that was to sort of debut the water to the whiskey producing world. What was that all about? And, and what did you learn about the market there? And what was the reaction of the uh, the whiskey makers of the world to Loch Ness water. Again, we, we've produced a hundred mil bottle, um, which I've always intended to go with the whiskey market. When I finally told uh, my uncle Edinburgh what I was planning doing, uh, his first reaction was, "How could anybody refuse uh, uh, a drop of their favourite whiskey with a splash of Loch Ness water to complement it?" Um, so that evolved in us producing the hundred mil bottle just for the whiskey market. When we did the Whiskey Live events last year, which was fantastic, and we're doing again this year, um, a lot of whiskey drinkers have got the concept of what we're trying to do. And this is by pure fluke. 
because of the way we filter the water and it more or less turns out to be pure drinking water, it helps to release more flavours in the whiskey than normal uh, tap water does or mineral or spring water. Um, because the mineral, the minerals in spring water clouds some of the flavouring, whereas the Loch Ness water, it helps to release more of the flavours. So the 100ml bottle, which is a, a, a cute little bottle, and it is a little bottle. I have to admit, I was a little surprised when I received mine, uh, expecting when we talked bottled water that we were talking about something like you say, mass produced for the supermarket. And the 100ml bottle is, is smaller than that, maybe about a third the size, I guess. And, and so you're targeting that directly at primarily the whiskey world. We're, yes, the whiskey world, and we now realize last year, it's a great uh, we just to put in some of the high-end uh, souvenir shops. So people coming abroad can easily put a 100ml bottle into their hand luggage and take it home uh, as a wee souvenir or gift from their trip to Scotland. Well, yeah, I was going to get to that as well. It is obviously, uh, it is the perfect souvenir size too when I when I finally held one in my hand. And it was difficult to tell the size from some of the, the online photographs. Um, the other thing that you've done for the souvenir market, well, before we go there, you also produce the water, though, in a, uh, is it a 350-milliliter bottle? Is that right? Yes, we have a 350-mil still uh, water, and we also now do it in sparkling. Um, and we're playing about with it at the moment. We're going to try and produce two flavors this year in the 350-mil bottle sizes. One flavor is going to be thistle flavor, and the other one is wildly berry. We're trying to keep it to things that grow around the, the shoreline of Loch Ness. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of wild berries that grow on the shoreline, uh, plus also there's thistles uh, dotted all around the loch. And is that going to be more targeted to the uh, the broader consumer market, the supermarket market, or is it? Um, I, I know when I've stayed uh, in hotels in Scotland, which hasn't been that often. I usually um, do self catering cottages, but I know uh, when I stayed in a hotel during uh, Hogmanay a couple of years ago, um, there was a nice bottle of stilled water and a nice bottle of sparkling water on the desktop. Uh, are you going more toward an upline clientele with that or more toward the broader consumer market? Yeah, we are now currently supplying the 250ml bottles to top-end hotels and restaurants uh, to serve as either table water. And what we've also found is a few hotels in Inverness now have used 100ml bottles to put into their guest bedrooms as a wee souvenir for them. So we're, we're going to target the high-end uh, retailers, high-end hotels and restaurants with a 350ml and stick with the... the the souvenir and the whiskey market with the hundred mil bottles. Okay, and another thing you've done for the souvenir market, um, I noticed that you can actually get your hundred mil bottle in a nice little tartan bag. And and am I correct that that's the Loch Ness tartan? And is that a creation of your marketing department? Yes, um, we have a few products getting produced now using our, our Loch Ness tartan. Um, there's a local lady that lives beside us who has a company called Prickly Thistle, and her company uh, do bespoke tartans, and she goes back to the traditional way of weaving tartan and also using Freddy Fed Counts that relates to your journey, uh, of your, your 
your startup with your business or your family name um, or just any experiences in your life. Uh, Triple Fifty will design new tackling uh, to suit you as an individual or as a company and then it is registered with the Scottish Clan Association, so it's now a genuine, authentic uh, tartan. And, and so what were some of the inspirations for the, the colouring, and, and what is the colouring of the uh, Loch Ness tartan? Um, we, we've got various uh, shades of blue to represent the, the different colours of the loch. Um, we've got red kinds to suit the, the amount of rivers that flow into Loch Ness. Um, one of the thread counts relates to the date that I initially started the business and the, the very thin purple colour that runs through the tartan is to resemble the initial colour of our logo. The North Coast 500 has gotten a great deal of publicity in the past year since it was launched. Um, it's a new tourist marketing scheme, basically, but it's built around a road trip uh, I'm sure you're familiar with that runs through the, and around the northernmost part of um, Scotland. And it's been getting rave reviews, especially from businesses that are in that region. Um, all sorts of uh, reports that um, people coming to experience the North Coast 500 uh, and businesses as a result from small shops and cafes to whiskey distilleries, et cetera, have had uh, even castles um, have seen their visitor numbers in- increase. Um, and it's been a great boon to business in that area. Have you experienced uh, any of that effect with Loch Ness Water? I know you were launched about the same time or uh, fairly close to when uh, the North Coast 500 was put into effect. Yeah, we noticed a wee bit last year. Uh, we had a, a pop-up shop in Fort Augustus, and a few people that came in to Fort Augustus last year had actually just come back from uh, doing the trip with the, the North Coast 500. Um, we've actually had a few businesses that are on the route now have um, contacted us this year and uh, want to see if we'd like to go out and speak to them about providing water for some of the hotels and some of the shops on the route as well. So it's going to be beneficial for so many other businesses, the the whole concept now of the, the North Coast 500. And a part of business in Scotland, particularly with the whiskey distilleries, are public tours where people can come in and, and see the production of the whiskey and have a little sample when it's uh, uh, when the tour is finished. Is there a, a bottling plant, let's say, that um, for Loch Ness Water that tourists can um, can tour and see how it's all put together, and then get a wee sample. Or is that, if not, is that something that's you know coming down the road for you guys? It's something that we'd like to do coming down the road in the future. Uh, we've spoken about it quite a few times. Uh, we've got a really good partnership with the Tomato Distillery, and they have been stocking our water uh, more or less since the day we launched the product in October 2015. Um, so it's something we've looked at, and it's something that's on the cards for the future. And am I correct that they're using your water in uh, gin production? Yes. we've um, A gentleman from Aberdeen approached us and asked if we would help them make a gin. Um, so our gin, uh, our water, sorry, is now getting used to make House of Velvet gin. And we had a very nice thing happen last week that... Uh, the man from House of Elric sent a bottle of gin to the Queen and the Queen in return sent them a really nice letter thanking them for the gin. So we have a letter from the Queen who's actually tasted the House of Elric 
gym with the Loch Ness Rocker inside it. Outstanding. That must be nice to have, uh, the, I guess, uh, a royal nod of approval. It's fantastic. We were hyper when we first heard about it. It was, uh, <laughs> it was brilliant. It's really good. Really good. <laughs> I bet so. I don't want to get to the end of this without discussing so that people understand the difference, because I know I was confused about the difference in um, bottled water versus spring water versus mineral water, because they're three different products, aren't they? They are, yes. The, the, biggest, the main difference is bottled filtered water is water that goes through a filtration process to take out all the, the bad stuff that's in it. With mineral and spring water, um, they cannot go through any major filtration uh, process to take out any badness in it. Um, unfortunately, they have to let Mother Nature take course and flush out whatever badness ends up in their source of water, and then they can start producing it again. Um, with like Loch Ness water, uh, we can use whatever filters we need at the time to take out any badness in the water, um, and that's the between the two different types. They say that imitation is the strongest form of flattery. Um, are you expecting, have you seen entering into the market since you launched Loch Ness Water, any, um, shall we say, copycats? We've just seen a couple of local people um, on eBay trying to sell Loch Ness Water but as a non-drinking version. Um, but obviously, we have uh, registered trademarks now for our branding and for the name Loch Ness Water and... We've now got the international trademark for it as well, along with Asia. So um, we're, we're kind of safe in that, uh, in that, in that aspect. Are, are they primarily trying to go after the, uh, I assume, the, the souvenir market that you're already in? Yes, um, there, there will be. But um, I think I'd like to have a souvenir where I can probably actually drink it rather than just look at it. Well, and the nice thing is, you know, you can uh, you can actually buy a bottle of Loch Ness water, and like you say, you could drink it and enjoy it. And then I suppose there's nothing to to prevent you from refilling it with tap water, putting the, the cap back on, and just sitting it up on a shelf. You know. <laughs> yes, yes, that's very true. Um, and one of the other reasons we're looking at this year is to sell a small tartan um, cover that you can maybe turn the wee bottle into a vase with a thistle in it, or maybe a candle holder. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. That's a brilliant idea. So there's a couple of things we're going to try and do with it. Yeah, it, that reminds me of um, my friends Tom Young and his daughter Karen who run Angel Share Glass. You know, they take whiskey bottles and cut them in half, cut them, I guess, basically in about half and create candles and, and relabel them. And so that's kind of a repurposed product out of whiskey bottles. Um, maybe there's yeah. an avenue for you guys to, to work there, too. Who knows? Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. Um, we tried to do a wee gift set last year with the uh, pipettes, with the 100ml uh, bottles, and the small amount of stock of the pipettes we had, uh, they, they went uh, within two weeks of us uh, releasing them. Do you find people now beginning to go into shops and asking for your product? Is Word and the marketing doing its job to get the word out? Um, perhaps going into shops that aren't carrying stockists who are not carrying the water, but uh, calling you up and saying, hey, I've, I've heard about your product from some tourists who wandered in and, and you know, starting a, a business deal that way? Yes, there's not one day that goes past that we do not get an email from somebody in the world asking where the nearest stockist is for their water. Um, and we are 
actively seeking every day to try and now get distributors in the US and also in Asia. Well, and I was going to ask, are you going to obviously try and reach out and, and expand this into a worldwide product, one that could be shipped anywhere in the world rather than just a Scottish uh, sold in Scotland or a UK sold product? Yes. Um, I mean, we've just cl- completed uh, four pallets for uh, China, which leave at the end of January. And we've had four or five pallets now in France. And we've actually sold individual boxes to all four corners of the globe now. Well, I can speak to that because I've got a, a couple of boxes that are coming to me in the very near future as well. Probably by the time this podcast airs, I'll be enjoying a glass of uh, um, Loch Ness water, or I should say I'll be enjoying a wee, a wee splash of it in my whiskey, probably. Yes, I'm sure you will. Um, one of the funniest stories we've had is there was a couple in Germany uh, bought 12 of the 100ml bottles, and they were using the water to christen their daughter. Oh, really? That was fantastic. It was a uh, very nice to hear, and it's been one of the most unusual ones we've had so far. Uh, do you get a lot of feedback from customers, like the international customers, with uh, unique um, uses uh, of the water, what they're doing with it? So far, um, most people from abroad who have purchased it have either tried it in their whiskey, or they're not going to open it, and they're keeping it for a souvenir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So where do you think Loch Ness Water can go from here? Um, obviously, you're, what, a little over a, a year and a half or so old at this point? Yeah, we're a year and a half old now trading. Um, but as I was saying earlier, we've, we spent four years prior to that on research and development. The aim for 2017 is to have a bigger impact in the whiskey market. We're hoping to attend some whiskey events in the U.S. and certain parts of Europe and also to look at developing our own authentic uh, Loch Ness whiskey. That's another project for this year, using the water as well, uh, based on the fantastic response we've had with the gin. Obviously, Loch Ness gives you a huge marketing hook, let's say. Um, And one of the things that I like is uh, reading your website when you talk about uh, each time you uh, buy a bottle of Loch Ness water, you can, especially this, I guess, gears to the tourist angle, you can wonder if Nessie swam through it. So clearly that's something that, that you guys have a little tongue-in-cheek fun with. Yes, um, and I do still believe that there is something in Loch Ness. Um, we've had a few hazy experiences ourselves since we've started extracting water, and we've seen a few mysterious um currents and waves that have appeared from nowhere out of the blue during a calm day in, in the rock. Um, and it's, it's very, when you're in Loch Ness itself, first of all, what gets you is the vastness and also the, the quietness. And then the next thing is, there's just the sheer volume and depth of Loch Ness. Um, you can literally go from seeing your hand in front of you to then just disappearing into the abyss. It's, it's quite frightening, but it's also quite um, relaxing at the same time as well, bizarrely. You kind of stole one of my questions there because one question I was going to ask before we wrapped things up is, is what is your opinion on uh, on Nessie? Do you think Nessie's real? And it sounds like you probably do. Yes, I do, um, definitely. One of my family members, uh, when they were alive, used to fish a lot in Loch uh, Motor because uh, they believe that Loch Ness, Loch Motor 
and the various locks all actually connect to each other through underwater uh, caves. And he was in the news in the late 60s. He was fishing, and, and his, his boat was actually capsized um, by a, a creature like Nessie. And he was in all the local papers and the local news at the time um, because the monster had tipped him out of his fishing boat while he was in Loch Motor. Wow. So maybe Nessie did swim through my bottle. You never know. You just never know. <laughs> Indeed. We may never know, but it is fun to contemplate. My thanks to my guest, Mr. John Ogue, CEO of Loch Ness Water. You'll find a link to their website in our show notes at www.underthetartansky.scot. There you can order a case of your own to sample, and yes, they ship worldwide. 2017 is the year of history, heritage, and archaeology in Scotland, and next time we'll peer into the past with author Ian Lundy and his new book, Between Daylight and Hell. It's an interesting study of some of the Scottish scoundrels who immigrated to the United States and the history they made here. Until then, I'm Glenn Moyer. Tapalev, I guess Alapa Gubra. Under the Tartan Sky is a production of Glenn L. Moyer Creative Communications. For show notes and more information on this and all Under the Tartan Sky episodes, please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot. And while you're there, check out our online shop where you can buy exclusive Under the Tartan Sky logo apparel and other items. Have an idea for a future episode? Well, get in touch via email at info at underthetartansky.scot. Visit and like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, where our username is at underscore Tartan Sky. That's the underscore symbol Tartan Sky. And thank you for listening. <laughs>